It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the program on SEN 1170 AM Sydney across the SEN network, wherever you tuned in via the app. To those who got a little sneak peek there in the news, you now know what we're up to. Apologies for that. Um, that's what happened. So sorry to interrupt your news. Plenty of news breaks throughout the next three hours, of course, but we will push on regardless. The weather for Sydney today, did you cop the downpour around your place? It bucketed down at mine. Showers and 27 for the city is the forecast for today. More showers forecast for tomorrow. And the weekend ahead of us will mostly sunny Saturday and Sunday with tops of 30 degrees. Gee, there's a fair bit on today, folks, so let's hook in. 21 days until the start of the NRL Premiership and the RLPA is turning up the heat and now putting a deadline on the NRL. So they put a timeline on this and they're threatening industrial action. So the list of demands that they've put a deadline around for today, and I assume it's by the close of business today, go around agreements on the NRLW salary cap in particular. So more focused on the women's side of the game, plus policies inside the CBA and RLPA autonomy. So they're saying to the NRL, they need to be achieved today. If these deadlines and expectations are not met, they say, players will be forced to implement activations to continue to hold the NRL accountable for their lack of progress. The list of threats... So what are those activations? We know what some of the demands are. And in a nutshell, most of them, like I say, go around the NRLW. The list of threats, delay kickoff at trial matches. So the preseason challenge starts tonight. Delay the kickoff there. That's a delay. Cover your NRL logos while you're there at trials, uh, trial matches. So what, put stickers over them? put your hand over them, and then refuse to participate in all external media. So let's go back a step. Remember when this first came to our real attention was when they refused to participate in NRL media. So not being there for photos, for websites, etc. that the NRL does um, par for the course every year. And I said at the time, that's barely going to cause a ripple. It's a pain, but it's barely going to cause a ripple at headquarters. And I also said at the time, once this starts to bleed into the broadcast side of media, then it will start to cause problems. Now, look at this in reality. Delaying kickoff at trials, again, is a bit of a pain in the neck. All trials are broadcast, the preseason challenge on Foxtel and KO. Now, they operate to times, obviously. But it's not going to interrupt their newses and it's not going to interrupt their programming afterwards. You're married at first sights and all that kind of stuff that makes them big money. So is that going to have an effect? Probably not. So you delay your kickoff by five minutes and Fox just wait five minutes and off you go. You're covering your NRL logos. That's just taking a stand. Your refusal to participate in all external media. Now the fight starts. Now I'm thinking that most of the pre-season media 
that, and I, I'm happy to be corrected here, but most of the preseason media has been done for your two major broadcasters, Fox and Nine. I, I, I saw that they were all doing a little bit of the preseason stuff. So perhaps that's already done. All the promos that you see throughout the year, a lot of that I think is already done. So is that really going to make a difference now? Perhaps not. If that is not done, that's big time trouble because now you're putting the broadcasters who pay all that money straight in the line of fire here. And believe me, if they haven't already had a say, they will right now. But when I look at the list of threats, it doesn't really say much to me except for the fact that this is a slight escalation. And any escalation in this could lead to the big end game, as we know, further industrial action, which we don't want to see. So the list of demands are there. The RLPA has said, you've got today to sort them out. If they don't, knowing full well that tonight is when the preseason challenge starts, we're going to make life a little bit hard for you. Where does this one end? If you're at NRL headquarters, are you scurrying around now to make sure there's no delay in terms of a kickoff time at trials? Are you scurrying around if you think that your logo is not going to be seen or be worn or shown by players? And are you scurrying around to get the broadcasters on the phone and stations like us, other stations around the country, other networks who say, well, you know what? We don't have anything now. We don't have any content that we pay for. What are you scurrying around to try and get this uh, activation sorted so you can get the agreements done to try and stop it? It's an interesting question. How much of all that that I've just said is going to interrupt you, folks? the fans of the game, the supporters of the game. When you sit down to watch it, does it matter to you if tonight's game is at 6pm or 6.05? You know, tomorrow night's game is scheduled at 5.55pm. I, I don't know why. So does it matter to you if that starts at 6? What matters to you the most when it comes to what kind of action the NRL players could take in this one? And that's probably the big question that they're looking at right now at NRL headquarters now that they've had a time frame put on it. The old ticking time bomb. So we'll cover that one as the day moves throughout uh, closer towards the close of business. Then there's the secret recording saga. The NRL has appointed a barrister to interview its own staff members after the details that came to light yesterday. And we covered them yesterday with Webby. And he said that they were having meetings yesterday to try and sort this one out. So we know that an NRL executive allegedly secretly recorded a closed meeting between Andrew Abdo and the players, and allegedly that was on behalf of another NRL executive. And you've got to think that if those allegations are true and the accusations are spot on, there'll be movement at headquarters on that one. Christian Welsh has said, I haven't heard too much on this, but I hope the NRL are taking it as seriously as we are. Because it's a really severe thing that's happened. It is. There's a fair bit going on in that world and you get the feeling that it's just stepping up a notch. Only a little bit, but it only takes a little bit to trigger a bigger fight when you're starting these kind of heavy negotiations. Meanwhile, we hope that Angus Crichton is going okay. The news emerging that he's in doubt possibly for round one. Took time off from the pre-season camp in New Zealand over at Queenstown to deal with personal issues, rejoined his teammates at training this week. The Roosters play the Storm in Geelong on Sunday. 
and their round one match will be the Sunday of round one on March 5 against the Dolphins. So um, we hope that Angus Crichton is doing okay. So what's in front of us in the pre-season challenges? Have you actually had time to sit down and work out who's playing who, where and when? <laughs> Two rounds we know for the pre-season challenge, 100 grand on the line. So tonight it's the Warriors v West Tigers at Mount Smart Stadium. Six o'clock is the scheduled kickoff time. Tomorrow, Knights v Sharks at Gosford. And then a back-to-back doubleheader with the Rabbitohs playing the Seagulls. So Anthony Seabold in charge of Manly now against one of his old clubs in the Rabbitohs. Saturday, two matches. One at Penrith at six o'clock. That's the Panthers v Eels, grand final rematch. And then the Dragons have St. Helens over here for the World Club Challenge. That's at Wollongong at eight o'clock. Then we go to Sunday. Storm v Roosters in Geelong in the afternoon, 1.50 p.m. Raiders have the Bulldogs in Maruya. Cowboys have the Dolphins in Cairns. And the Broncos v Titans on the Sunshine Coast at five past eight. So let me throw this to you. Who's got the most to gain and the most to lose in a two-match preseason challenge? 0457 736 736 is the text line. Who do you reckon, out of the clubs that are there, who's got the most to gain and the most to lose? Obviously, everyone's looking at the premiers. Everyone's looking at the runners-up. Everybody's looking at the new kids in town, the Dolphins. And then everyone's looking at the international team in town, St. Helens. When it look when you look towards gains, possibly St. Helens. Imagine if they knock it out of the park. A trip to Australia, a couple of matches, possibly a hundred K, possibly some big scalps, turn around and go home. That's kind of win win. Who's got the most to lose? What if the Dolphins end this preseason challenge 0 and two? A tough one to start with against the Cowboys in Cairns on Sunday night. Then they've got the Titans in Redcliffe in round two of the preseason challenge. So if the Dolphins don't fire, regardless, surely there are a whole stack of people lining up to take aim at everything. Expansion, should we have them there? Why hasn't Wayne Bennett done this? Uh, Has he lost his time? Is it gone? There's a fair bit to lose, you've got to say, for the Dolphins, even though they're brand new and perhaps those expectations shouldn't be as high as what they are. So let me know your thoughts on that. 0457 736 736. And then we get to cricket today. So live coverage right here on SEN of the first test, India v Australia in Nagpur. So coming up after my show, a special edition of the run home with Joel and Fletch. Matty Johns will join them as well. And then straight into the cricket, folks. So the likely 11 for Australia, Davey Warner and Usman Khawaja, Manus Labashane, Stephen Smith, Travis Head, Peter Hanscom is the key one there. I'll get back to that in just a sec. Alex Carey, of course, the keeper. Paddy Cummins, the captain. Todd Murphy appears to be in that running, as we told you yesterday. Nathan Lyon and Scotty Boland. But the controversy around the doctored pitch, where they've selectively watered it to create a rough outside the off stump for the left-handers. Now, Australia's lineup of lefties is big time, and it may be reduced, and that's why we need to go back to Peter Hanscom in just a second. India will probably have two lefties in their starting 11. It looks as though we'll have five. 
does India have the right to do what they want with the pitch? Do they have the right here? We'll probably have four by the time we get to it. But we're going to have more left-handers. And especially do they have the right to do what they want and then not be criticised when Australia's test v South Africa at the Gabba was a joke. It lasted two days. Now, Crash Craddock, who brought us the news yesterday that Todd Murphy was definitely in contention and has also revealed that Peter Hanscom's come into play here, has had a fair bit to say about it. On the Gabba pitch issue, he said there's a difference between a stuff-up and a stitch-up. The Gabba curator was mortified when the South Africa test finished in two days and admitted he got it wrong. Now, Simon O'Donnell agrees with that, and I'll play you a bit of that audio a bit later on. On the Nagpur pitch, Crash says, well, the Nagpur deck, by contrast, looks like one of the most deliberate and cynical stitch-ups ever. A sneaky, shameless piece of pitch doctoring designed to create nightmares for Australia's left-handed batsmen. No kidding. That's exactly what it's designed to do. Former Indian captain and Indian coach, legend of the game and part of our team, Ravi Shastri, disagrees on that front. Oh, that's bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing well, of that sort. It's more hype, more than anything else, you know, uh, surrounding this uh, first test match. It always happens. Do you feel Australian wickets designed for the Australian team? I wouldn't say designed for the Australian. Of course, uh, you know, when you look at the bounce, the pace, the uh, the grass on that surface, I just watched a test match between Australia and South Africa. That was great. I got up on the third morning and there was no cricket. So if this finishes in three days, do you think it's a poor wicket? I don't think it's a poor wicket if the quality of cricket is good. It's, uh, it's Sometimes you've got to see the quality of the, uh, of the cricket. You know, if the, if the batsmen are not up to scratch and can't apply themselves or play properly, then the match will get over in, uh, in three days. So you don't think it's strange that they've they clearly uh, got a belief that Australians' left-hand batsmen are going to struggle, and there's a lot of them, Warner, Kawaja, Head, Carey, if Renshaw plays, mm-hmm. that they've done... You think they've done this deliberately or not? No, if, 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 if the ball is going to turn from there, so be it. Is this targeted at the left-hand, left-hand batsmen? Because as a lot of people would uh, agree, and I'm, I'm happy for you to have the counter-argument, this is specifically designed mm-hmm. to favour India. So what? It's home conditions. So do what suits you. Both teams have to play on the surface. I take his point. I take his point. That was on Sports Day with Jared Healy and Kane Corns there, Ravi Shastri. So I want your point on this. Um, Crash Craddock reckons the ICC need to launch an immediate investigation. Paddy Cummins reacted perfectly, he said, by just urging his side to embrace the chaos. And he said he can let others fire up about the pitch. The less he makes of it, the better. But here's the reality. Here's the reality of that. Matt Renshaw was in the frame, no doubt about it. Matt Renshaw's a left-hander. Peter Hanscom will more than likely come in because he's a right-hander who won't be playing essentially on the non-corrupted part of the pitch that'll be worn quite severely, you'd hope, by the time he gets in. So if Renshaw's admitted, as Crash Craddock has said, he'd be the first batsman in cricketing history to lose his test place because of a shameful piece of of curating. Would he be the first to be left in or out because of conditions? Do you put conditions into curating? Do you put home ground advantage into curating and putting a batsman in or a batsman out or a bowler in or a bowler out? Crash reckons it's just not right. Well, left v right's the question. So Warner's a lefty. Usman Khawaja's a lefty. 
Marnus and Steve Smith are right-handed. Travis Head's a lefty. Peter Hanscom is a right. Alex Carey is a left. So in your top seven, we've now got four left-handers if they decide to take Matt Renshaw out. If you're India, surely that's the kind of result you're getting. Interestingly enough, Todd Murphy, who may well come into the team, is a right-handed bowler but a left-handed batter. <laughs> so imagine him coming in. In my opinion, you've got to do what you've got to do, and especially when you're at home. Is it over the top? It might be. Is it against the spirit of the game? I don't think so. I don't think so. We do things here in Australia that suit us. They do things in India there that suit them. If it's forced to change in the lineup from the other side, then they've already won that part of the mind game. Australia now has to win the other part of the game, which is dealing with that part of the pitch. So all sorts of stuff goes on, and everyone's making a big deal of it. The interesting thing is, Paddy Cummins, for instance, didn't buy into it. So it's down to the lefties, folks. Uh, Davey Warner, it's over to you. Usman, it's over to you. And then Travis Head, um, Alex Carey, Todd Murphy, lefties, it's over to you. Who are the greatest lefties in sports? Obviously, when it comes to golf, lefty himself, Phil Mickelson, comes to mind. Alan Border, um, one of the great lefties. And then there's Rafa in tennis. Maybe you can throw out some good lefties at me today. And, of course, we need to do this this morning. Who needs to be your winner, winner, chicken dinner? Winner of the weekend, thanks to Char Grill Charlie's. So Char Grill Charlie's looking after this segment for us, and we love it. 0457 736 736. Let me know who needs to be the winner, winner, chicken dinner of the weekend. Do you reckon Latrell and Jack Whiten need a win over the fans at the All-Stars match? What about Paddy Cummins? Does he need to be the winner, winner, chicken dinner just by winning the toss? And on the tennis circuit, there's a bloke called Alexander Bublik. And boy, does he need to be a winner, winner, chicken dinner soon. I'll tell you about that in just a sec because it's a beauty. When it comes to blow-ups, it's an all-timer. And this guy really needs to be a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Thanks to Char Grilled Charlie's, home of Australia's best Char Grilled Chicken and Chips. Coming up today, Adam Pengilly from the Sydney Morning Herald with all the latest on this NRL v RLPA spat. Tim Zoo's next fight's locked in. Kudos Bank Arena, Glenn Jennings will join us. Benny Graham. Live from Arizona, uh, covering Super Bowl as the countdown continues. We'll catch up with Robert Mack from Sydney FC and Chris Nelson will have his top tips for the weekend racing ahead. 0457 736 736 is the text line. Come and be part of the show on the open line. 1300 01 1170.